Welcome to the JetRails podcast, supporting you through the airwaves with information about website and e-commerce technology and strategies from design and development to security, marketing, conversion rate optimization, and web hosting. We bring you insights from industry leaders and experts hosted, edited, and published by me, Robert Rand, your friendly neighborhood tech ambassador. Hi, welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert Rand, and today I'm joined by a couple of friends in the industry. Uh, I guess you could call us automation evangelists. <laughs> um, we've all at one point or another been involved in integration um, as a service. And so with no further ado, let me uh, introduce Dave and Wayne. Uh, uh, gentlemen, would you do the honor of uh, saying a few words about yourselves and <laughs> uh, what your background is, what you do these days? Sure. Yeah, I can. I'll start, uh, Rob. It's, uh, so my name is uh, Wayne Thompson. I'm the uh, director of business development for uh, Optazi, which is um, uh, an e-commerce and uh, web development agency in well covering Toronto. We have offices in Toronto and in New York. Um, my background uh, is very similar to you guys. Uh, I come from the integration space, but I've worked for basically. I worked in the industry, the e-commerce industry, for about 13 years. Having worked at both um, front end and back end uh, solutions, ranging from ERP systems to integration, and, and working at a couple of different agencies, so I have a pretty good uh, background when it comes to uh, working with different merchants and various verticals. Awesome, thanks, Wayne. So um, my name's uh, Dave Malda, and I work at a company called uh, eBridge Connections, uh, and we're headquartered out of. Um, just outside of Toronto in a place called Burlington, Ontario. Uh, we do service the North American market. That's our, our primary focus. And um, I've been there for about 12 years uh, now. I, I, I guess my, my journey uh, up to and including there involved, um, uh, you know, at one time being a, a programmer, so a developer for about seven years and then moved over to the sales and marketing side over time uh, through a couple of other businesses and then uh, have been at eBridge for the last 12 years, uh, primarily in a, a marketing and a sales role. So I, I manage the sales teams there right now. And um, our focus is to uh, basically eliminate um, duplicate data entry from systems. So that could be e-commerce platforms into uh, accounting packages. So we've been doing that for a very long time and, um, you know, have a lot of experience in uh, a lot of the different ERPs, but then also uh, a lot of the growth uh, e-commerce platforms that have come about in the last decade. So, yeah. 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 And isn't it that interesting how, you know, in all these years in the industry, some things have remained pretty you know, with a pretty good stronghold, I'd say, and other things have, uh, you know, of course, it's tech, other things have come in and displaced or, you know, there are all sorts of words that relate to disruption <laughs> in the market um, that have grabbed up market share, gained popularity. Uh, you know, that's probably a great place to start. You know, what do you find folks, what do you gentlemen see as uh, in demand these days, uh, when it comes to the various software platforms, when you're talking to merchants that are already established, up and running, and um, you know they're upgrading systems, they're uh, trying to get to the next level. Uh, I mean, from an agency point of view, right now, uh, what I've been seeing recently, especially with the changes in the market, is uh, actually a combination of two things. Uh, some of them that are really Pushing to get online for the first time. There's still quite a lot of um, early adopters. They hadn't quite pulled the trigger, I guess. Uh, you know, before uh, before the March, uh, you know, situation happened to yeah. us all, and uh, they're real realizing this is um, you know going e-commerce is the way they're going to have to um, survive. Um, you know, not only for customers that are selling uh, products, but you know also um, yeah, I've been seeing, you know, rest, restaurants, um, you know, activities in those markets for delivery services and just a, com a combination of just trying to, you know, maintain their, their customers um, in various uh, markets. And, uh, you know, and then aside from uh, brand new builds, it's companies that are um, upgrading or replatforming a little bit as well. So there's, there's some of that. Um, 
but you know the strategy is still or the the goal is still kind of the same it's trying to stay ahead um you know and keep and keep their customers keep their customer base uh happy and and growing yeah and i can i can kind of dovetail into that uh wayne I, I and robert i think that what we've seen uh especially this year you know around march was um a replatforming but then also a branch out into a sort of net new marketplaces so like an example might be uh amazon uh you know requests or, or requests for amazon integration have gone up um there's instagram there's sort of all these different marketplaces that these companies are trying to get into just to increase sales and to kind of capture a bigger uh, spot in the market right and um so so things like that have been pretty pretty common i would say over the last you know six or seven months um things like uh you know pick up in the store um maybe some other scenarios that we would not have seen in the past have been fairly prevalent uh i think the point of sale systems have really started to pick up right so things like shopify pos uh lightspeed there's a couple of others in in that space where we've had requests for those types of integrations where that may not have been that um uh frequently asked for in the past so yeah i, I would agree with wayne that's sort of been our uh kind of kind of focus and, and viewpoint and the requests we've been getting are really people getting out onto more marketplaces whether it's target plus uh walmart plus there's these this this sort of surgence of of platforms that are that are arising to help the merchant and we happen to be in the middle of that as an integrator and uh you know have tried to help those merchants um you know, with the with the data that that obviously is going to increase with people not being able to to go travel in store, right? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I think it's particularly interesting that you've got different market segments. So there's that you know restaurant trying to get into ecom for the first time, uh, and that you know for some of us in the industry we may not have seen as having the the same kind of deep needs because they're servicing a very localized community. They're delivering to a particular radius. Uh, you know, not the same as a national or international um, player in the e-commerce space. We've seen a lot of B2B businesses that, you know, couldn't operate the way that they would and, and that have had to um, finally uh, move forward and, and get online. Mm. And, you know, and so there's there's these different market segments that almost have, I mean, I'd say different needs, different software stacks speaking to them. Um, but I think that sometimes some of the complexity gets missed uh, at the first uh, uh, discussions, you know, and I think that's in some cases what's held back companies for a while. So if you do have retail stores and you want to fulfill out of your point of sale software, you're, you know, your your staff need to know when that order comes in and go pull it before you sell it to someone else and have it ready and waiting for curbside pickup or whatever it may be. And these systems just don't naturally uh, talk to each other in so many cases. You're vested into this point of sale in your store. And, um, you know, and so you get caught up in those things. And at the same time, the software platforms themselves are changing. Like, yeah, Dave, you mentioned Lightspeed. And I, uh, I think I noticed that they stopped offering their on-premise version that they've gone completely cloud. So even what's going on with the softwares themselves, that they're evolving and changing. Yeah, yeah. I think we're seeing... You know, things that were going to happen anyways over the next five to 10 years, I think, have really been just accelerated by this. It wasn't that um, this was never going to happen. It's just been accelerated. And uh, you're right, these the little nuances of uh, things like, OK, we've sold something online and we got to make sure we don't oversell this product if someone walks into the store or goes for curbside pickup or something. Right. Those are. Um, uh, you get into these unique situations where uh, these things start to sort of rear their head. And I think in our business, um, we have encountered some of that stuff over the last couple of months yeah. where people are, uh, you know, people are bringing us scenarios that we maybe haven't seen before. And uh, thankfully we're flexible enough in our platform to be able to handle a lot of these things, but they are unique requests for sure. And I think these are things that just get built into the platform. They get built into the product. They're not going away. 
and they just help us help the merchant, uh, you know, now and down the road. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, what I've seen as well as some of that strategy, even before this all kind of happened, had it been really in place, but even a sort of like an afterthought is that I'll even ask questions about, um, you know, where's the data residing? Is it, is it in your ERP? Is it, um, you know, are, are you thinking about doing any kind of automation? Just from our point of view, like, you know, we just kind of need to know uh, up front as well when we're building, you know, say, uh, you know, on a, like on an e-commerce platform. Um, and, uh, you know, is that automation going to those systems? Is it going to a point of sale system at all? Is it going to, as I mentioned, an ERP? And sometimes it's like, ah, we're just kind of managing in the store. It's, you know, they haven't really kind of thought about it. You know, their volumes are maybe not, you know, kind of critical at that point. And uh, they're thinking, well, that might be a phase two. You know, once we, you know, say they're trying to trying this out for the first time, you know, we'll, we'll think about that as, as, as phase two. So it's a lot of the, a lot of the companies, uh, you know, they're, that are implementing like a, a new site, for example, um, it's usually like, you know, like the, the front end marketing team and, you know, the design group and stuff like that are usually kind of managing that. But, um, you know, it would be good if they had some sort of a strategist that sort of like understands all the, uh, all the cogs <laughs> behind the scenes um, that you have to kind of think about, especially uh, with the way things are. So I, as, as Dave was mentioning, I think because of what had happened, a lot more of those companies are starting to advance and, and, and learn and realize that, hey, you know, we need we need to figure this stuff out right now. Otherwise, we're we're not going to be around in another you know, well, couple of years. So. And if anything, you know, we may find out um, that more companies that, than we'd like to uh, than we'd like to see wound up choosing too quickly um, under duress, and they it may put them in a tougher spot for long term success for long term integration because that's always the key. You know, somebody says, "Yeah, you know, this is a great platform, or this is you know great software. You can use this. It's going to do everything you need." But then you realize it doesn't talk to any of your other key systems, and um, you know it's really not built well to well, I guess to, to play well with others. <laughs> yeah, uh, to put it mildly, and yeah. So different challenges out there. How about on the reverse? Are there any software platforms that maybe either of you expected would be doing better um, and um, have just been cooling off? Um, you know, demand has waned more than. You would have uh, expected, pun intended, Wayne. Yeah, I caught that. <laughs> I always refer to the, you know, refer to the great one. And sometimes I say my name, and it's surprising that if I say Wayne Gretzky, some people don't know who he is. <laughs> That's a shame. That's I, I mean, not in Canada. I don't know my name. <laughs> anyway, sir. Um, I mean, in terms of software packages, and um, I mean, I have seen a rise. I would say, like you know, like, um, along the lines of for Dave as, as well, like, uh, ERP systems, like going more cloud-based. So, you know, like the rise, like Acumatica, for example, I mean, I even looked at it a couple of years ago as a, as a, as a, as a player in the market and, um, seeing a lot of the resellers in, in those spaces change their business focus because, you know, on-prem was really kind of, you know, going away. Um, but you know, at the same time, the merchants that we are working with are still on actually some legacy systems. So, in the case of like some fashion brands around like AS400 or some other like um, you know backend system that is related to the fashion industry, so there still is a lot of you know uh, it's going to take a while. You know, I would say, but uh, there's definitely a lot of up and coming platforms that are set to um, you know do quite well in the coming years. Yeah, I think that I think what we've seen, Robert, is um, I, I don't know if this is the exact same, but I think it's something similar to this. It's like a, a rising tide floats all boats. Right. And and I think um, rather than see things maybe maybe go away, uh, I think we've seen in our business um, and in our sort of ecosystem, a lot of people rise to the top. A lot of platforms rise to the top, right? Maybe even yeah. some things that um, that we maybe had not heard of before or that were infrequent. Uh, they've really, uh, I think, risen to the top in this in this type of scenario, right? So, what what's really neat to see is the the variety of options that are available for people, 
Um, you know, things like, um, uh, I don't know the exact wording, but it's like the, you know, I can, I can go online and I can make payments so I can buy this. And it's sort of a, I make four payments, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some sort of a a payment plan or buy now, pay later. Exactly. So a lot of those kind of solutions that I may have been aware of, but really never paid attention to, to see those things sort of pop up and, and I think be very useful. Um, it is really neat to see. So I, I don't know if I can mention one that's maybe gone away a little bit, but I for sure have seen many rise. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think, think in some cases there have been all of these companies, you know, they didn't just start in so many cases, you know, uh, but they had smaller market share. So I think that you're right that, you know, we've just seen some growth. I mean, I could probably rattle off if, if I had to right now, 10 companies that do split payments. Um, um, it's a disease. I'm sorry. It just, it's something that that I do, but, uh, you know, in my spare time, I just list out tech companies, but, uh, I'll make a game one day. It'll be fun at trade shows when those open back up. Um, He's got a whiteboard in behind the screen. It's got all the (laughs) No, if only. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's up here somewhere. Um, in that noggin of mine, but you know, kind of circling around. I, I talked to a merchant the other day, um, you know, when you mentioned AS400 and they're still using AS400 um, and hats off to them because, you know, I think definitely I, I would like to think got their money's worth out of it. Uh, but they're looking not so much just for a straight ERP, but they do manufacturing. So an, an MRP and, you know, and so we're talking about what's out there these days. And obviously, you know, there are a few, uh, ERPs that really stand out like NetSuite and uh, Acumatica and some that have more spe- specialization out there like Scubana. And um, there's any number of them now. I'm going to upset some folks that I, I skipped over them, but uh, that is a long list for me to rattle off. And there, there are incumbents that have been in the industry a long time, like Sage that uh, you know that are still out there. I haven't heard much about what Microsoft Dynamics 365 has been looking like um, and their move to the cloud. Uh, I haven't run into quite as many people adopting there, but uh, you know, I, I think the challenge is still the same. It's there's a lot of software out there, and how do I find something that isn't going to be overpriced, um, isn't going to be overcomplicated to deploy, um, but that's going to suit my business well. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that you know now we're seeing that not only for these larger businesses that need this larger software, but um, given the complexity that's been integrated into commerce in general, into omni-channel commerce, we're really seeing that head into SMB more and more, where the shoppers expect these systems to work well together in terms of the user experience. They don't care how it happens. They just yeah. you know, want to get their stuff the way that, that they want to get it. Yeah. You know, actually, yeah, that's actually a really good point because the... Um... Yeah, even the small uh, companies, the SMB companies, are expected to provide. Now they're being expected to provide a very similar experience as the big box stores. You know, um, you know, being on like actually, I just worked on a project for a customer that they had been around for a long time, many many years um, in the health space. Uh, they used to have retail stores, but now they don't. They've actually gone purely online, so they have a you know e-com site, but the, the issue was their uh, mobile apps, like their iOS and Android apps were not, I guess, you know, up the, up the par. So mm-hmm. they are revamping that to, so that they can, uh, you know, provide, um, you know, automated coaching, meal plans, like sell their meal plans, um, have like an integration so that customers can actually buy the product like on their mobile devices mm-hmm. as well. So it's... Um, you know, so there's companies that are doing that, you know, as well. That they don't may not be a, a pure retailer, but um, yeah, they're uh, really trying to stay ahead of um, the customer demand. Like, really try to provide that customer um, end user experience that everyone's starting to really expect these days, and no matter what size they are. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the like as a buyer, um, you know, a bad customer experience when you're going through it and it typically doesn't take much. It could be something as simple as uh, maybe it takes more than 24 hours to get the tracking number or to see that it's been shipped. Right. 
And um, I think you also know a really great experience. And uh, I think one company that's really nailed it is is Amazon. They have this expectation, um, and and so do their customers, um, where you are in the know all along, right? So there's this transparency that's expected right up to. I actually just had something dropped off this morning where they said uh, the courier had said you are of 42 deliveries, you are number 16. And Amir is on the second delivery, right? That was the detail in the in the email, and it was. I mean, to read that is fantastic. Yeah. Logistically, to figure that out is pretty wild, but that's what people expect, right? So, um, I think we're just going to see more of that. And I have noticed that over the last probably five years at at eBridge. Um, Companies that are coming to us for integration are speaking more real time, mm-hmm. you know, real real time in terms of uh, minutes. Maybe not, maybe not by the second uh, or actual real time, but it is say a short window down to maybe three to five minutes where they expect this data to move back and forth, right? Whether it's updating inventory uh, on 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 a platform or it's getting the tracking number back up to the platform so they can email the customer. We're talking minutes as opposed to, uh, um, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago, it was, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a, a s- upwards of a half a day was okay. Right. It yeah. was, there was no expectations. Yeah. Well, and, and there are logistical challenges that people don't always realize because if they're using an older point of sale software and they've got a large product catalog and now you want the inventory uh, levels to be mastered in that system to be maintained there as the source of truth. Yeah. Uh, and you want that to sync back up to the website, let's say, you know, 100,000 products every few minutes. Uh, you're creating some logistical challenges for yourself, uh, you know, if it, when you're not using software that is more modern and that can really deal with it on a record by record basis, as opposed to like uploading yes. an entire CSV file of, of 100,000 products and making the website crunch all that data. Yeah, yeah. If not, um, it, you can tell a solution when you're coming into something that's very old and you're sort of band-aiding things. And you can also tell when you when somebody's taking a best practice approach. They've got maybe a couple of diagrams together. They've got a a source that's true for the data, right? Maybe it's uh, Sage 100, and they're saying, okay, our products are all going to be kept in here. Or maybe going to have a pin halfway through that enhances the data, and that right, and it's and they they've sorted that out as opposed to uh, a different approach might be you're sort of just tacking on every time, and if you're creating your products up in say Magento, mm-hmm. um, because that's the way you've always done it, and that's the way your admin people know it, it can really create some problems and challenges down the road because um, you know trying to take an order in where the product that SKU may not exist in Sage 100, for example, is going to be problematic. And then you get into, do you create the product on the fly? Do you, you really get into a lot of different challenges. Do you do you update the inventory down in Sage 100? Well, now you're sort of impacting, um, you know, company financials, really, right? So there's a lot of different nuances that people don't think about, um, you know, before they tackle some of these things, right? And, and often maybe they've, maybe they've inherited some things, right? And I think they call it like software baggage or something like that, Hmm. right? And technical debt, yeah. Yeah, tech debt, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes, well, they also just want the, uh, someone else to take care of it, the uh, the external experts to kind of come in. How do, uh, like we do, I mean, on both sides, so on the front end and the back end, you get, uh, what do you recommend as a best practice? What can you help us with to kind of steer us in the right direction, you know? Is our wish list um, of things that we want to get done even even doable? Like, yeah. are we dreaming? Are we dreaming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and in some cases, people are just working off of such limited information. You know, a lot of the time, if you talk to one company that does one thing, they're going to sell you that one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so technology evolves so quickly that here we were talking a few minutes ago about. Um, delivery status and tracking. And mm-hmm. now there are some great apps. One of our most recent episodes was with uh, a company that um, it, 
Relay Cloud that is uh, helping to provide that user experience around the tracking that the e-commerce platforms don't provide on their own. There are other platforms like Route that are, that are also up and coming. Um, and, you know, so they all have different features and, uh, and, and they're out there. But, you know, going back to mobile apps, you know, you look at e-commerce companies and there was a time when for anyone with a sizable catalog, for anyone that was, um, uh, that was dealing with recurring customers. So look, if you, if you sold mattresses, you really didn't need a, a mobile app because when were people going to come back and buy another one 10 years later, you know, it, it didn't yeah. do you, uh, so much good, but, um, you know, if you had a hundred thousand smaller items, let's say sporting goods, maybe it was very cool to have that. Now folks are not that there's never a case for, for a mobile app. There certainly are cases, but, uh, a lot more folks are looking at progressive web apps at PWAs where the front end interacts more like, a, uh, an app loads much more quickly, um, you know, for mobile users and they can save a tile in their phone with it, that they can access it, uh, almost like they would, a, a traditional app. But they don't have to download however many megabytes, you know, a hundred megabyte app or something in order to use the thing in the first place. They just go to it like they go to any website. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that. And, you know, I on, on the e-commerce side, uh, you know, I, I've been crunching data recently to see where our user base sits, because in partnerships, it's not always the first thing that um, that I look at day by day. Um, we had coming into Magento One End of Life, we had a larger number at the beginning of the year of Magento One sites. And at this point, um, you know, we do have a number of users, um, you know, very healthy number that are using our Magento One End of Life support, um, which adds all sorts of security layers. And, um, you know, we're pretty uh, happy with, with how that's been going. And there was just a major uh, incident called card bleed where thousands of Magento sites got hacked. Um, and looks like, um, you know, based on the data that we're seeing, um, that our configurations and things held steady. <laughs> and it's what you always want to see. Um, you know, we always try to take those things with some hubris, uh, you know, and, and knowing that there's always another security threat coming, but, uh, you know, proactive, but, you know, so we, we went into that not knowing how long these users would stay on Magento One because there were so many users that waited. And we're down to, I'm still finishing the data, but it's a fraction of what I thought it was going to be still on Magento One. Everybody's been making the migration to M2. And yeah. at the same time, we had to look at, would these users go to SaaS? Um, would they go to another platform? And you know, a lot of them did shop it. And that was interesting. I've had a lot of merchant conversations where... Um, it's quite clear who we, and I say we as the web host, you know, who, who uh, their platform, you know, Magento 2, let's say, you know, to be the incumbent there since they were on Magento 1 was up against. And because we deal with with sites that are more custom, they're snowflakes. <laughs> we love them. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think that we've really seen a very high adoption rate for Magento 2 and maybe even again, higher than I uh, I might have thought, given that people get, you know, make decisions on all sorts of uh, all sorts of uh, decision points that they plot out, and and that's all well and good. But uh, it's been an interesting year just to see growth and change. But with a lot of that growth and change, the core points of what these companies need, other than really, I think around uh, you know curbside and and some things like that, they haven't changed. It's more velocity. So going back to you know we've probably push things forward five or 10 years in a year. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty accurate um, to where we all see the industry. 100%, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, but I think Magento for us has been, has been fantastic. And, and, and I can recall, actually, uh, it's going back a, a while, but they were sort of our first, uh, it was a Magento Enterprise customer that came on board with eBridge. And um, and they've been they've been fantastic for us over the last decade plus. Um, you know, really good customers that like merchants that understand how to sell online that have the you know flexibility to do some really great things, right? Including returns, etc. And um, I think to 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 just see the others sort of rise up as well has been pretty. Pretty interesting, and and to see the life cycle of say a Magento Run, right, and a uh, you know a community offering that that really had a, a big following, right, that could 
people could build on. Um, just to be able to uh, be part of that is 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 pretty cool. So Magento too, we've I think over the last couple of years we've we've also had a. It's interesting because we're on kind of the 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 tail end. People typically have the selection made when they come to us, right? So we're data integration, we're accounting integration. The site, the platforms, the marketplaces are typically running, and there's an order volume mm-hmm. that's causing them to go look for an integrator, right? So it is interesting. We're we're rarely on the selection side of the uh, equation, and we're more on the I'm running this, this, and this. Can you help, right? And and Magento has been one that's been very common and very um, uh, you know steady for us. So very very neat to see. Yeah, I had a actually I talked to a Magento uh, prospect this morning, and they were looking at doing some upgrades to their platform. They actually had um, five retail stores selling like sports equipment. So like definitely in that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely in that. Uh, uh, um, you know, definitely in that space. Um, you know, trying to, as we were saying before, just kind of staying ahead of the curve with uh, you know. But they're going basically they were going through like a redesign. But they were definitely on uh, Magento too, so they had been using it for for some time. Um, but uh, yeah, they were coming to us just for guidance. You know, kind of what's what's recommended. We have this wish list of things that we want to get done. You know, we need you guys to help us uh, try to figure it out. And um, and yeah, I mean, it's sort of to try to get through this this season. Um, not so much, uh, you know, trying to build something for Black Friday and and that type of thing. You know, last minute, um, which you know. I have actually seen that as well, um, but you know, trying to just plan ahead, already planning for twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's uh, even for agencies like um, Wayne. In, in the case of uh, of Optacy, your, your team has been getting more engaged with Magento this year. If anything, based on on our previous chats. Have you found that to be kind of interesting that, you know, the, the team has history with, with all sorts of platforms like Drupal, but um, seeing the opportunity to really service additional markets um, at the same time, I and mean, we certainly see SaaS coming, uh, you know, really into the leadership role for the smaller projects uh, more consistently. You know, it's, it's I think, the, the, the mid and the enterprise that are really looking for the open source flexibility still and that we haven't seen that particularly change. Um, but, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's it like on the agency side these days? You know, if, if you kind of have a choice of what you want to work on, why Magento? Uh, I mean, it does offer a great deal of, um, as you were saying, you know, being more on the open source side, it does offer a lot of flexibility, um, you know, for our, for our customers to work with. Um, I mean, I have actually seen, we're kind of split between Shopify and Magento actually right now. Um, mm-hmm. I've even seen activities for big commerce. Um, we are not a big commerce partner just yet, but I've had some conversations to tr- you know, just to try to see, kind of keep up with our customer uh, demand and like where they're going. Because I, I mean, I have actually seen that trend into the more of the B two B space as well. So that's why I'm kind of you know uh, exploring that because I think I've always actually seen that as a growth area for the last few years, uh, you know, in various capacities. So. Um, you know, like I, you know, manufacturers going on online, like basically going reaching their customers directly. Um, so it's just a matter of trying to have the right platform, the right fit in place to accommodate, um, you know, the different the different kinds kinds of clients that we're working with. Yeah, you know, we partnered with Big Commerce around headless commerce and our ability yeah. to to host different apps and things, and so sometimes, uh, you know. Did a podcast episode, or must have been a good year ago, where we talked about the unlikely partnership of SaaS with web hosting. Yes. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's really about what the market needs, and it's <laughs> even for uh, for all of us, uh, you know, we have to rethink ourselves because the market's going to determine. I mean, you know, as, as Dave said, when people come for integration, they typically have systems and they want you to do what needs to be done. Uh, that you know we're all out there to service what the needs of the merchants and their end users are. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I can think back um, in during the last few years. I mean, it's it's a, a little bit of a different scenario than what we had were talking about previously, but there has been customers that are thinking about the strategy and it's usually companies that are on those older, older legacy systems and they're currently evaluating new platforms like a Magento or a Shopify. And actually quite often it is integration first. They're actually uh, thinking, can this system work with our X number of the existing systems or what do we have to replace in order to make everything as headache free as we can possibly make it. So, you know, there is definitely companies out there, not, not some that aren't doing it, but there's definitely companies that are proactive in that regard and are planning it out properly. So, um, you know, a lot of times even on the, you know, the, the, the platform side, I mean, when merchants are trying to figure out what they want, um, that's part of the evaluation. That is part of like, okay, is this going to work with my uh, Microsoft? Let's say Microsoft Dynamics 365. You know, uh, from the get-go, what's what's uh, what's going to stop it from working with my existing uh, point of sale system? You know, is there uh, an integration connector in place? So some of the you know some of these companies are thinking about those details. Yeah, and I think second iteration is usually better that they learn some of those lessons the first time around yeah. that they. Outgrow systems are, you know, when they got their first website, they didn't need it to integrate. There weren't that many orders. Doing things manually wasn't a big deal. Um, yeah. But then when it comes to the next time around, they, uh, you know, they know that they have to have plans around some of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as is the case with so many things in life, experience is the mother of so <laughs> both it's invention and I think. Yeah, that's a good point, Wayne, because... Um, that is sort of the other side of the coin for us is people um, that are maybe replatforming. They're running a certain ERP and, and you're right. They, they know the pain that they've gone through and they're saying, okay, we're going to replatform. We know the volume is probably going to stay the same, if not tick up. That's why they might be replatforming, right? To, to get a higher conversion rate perhaps, but which means more orders, which means can you integrate into my Dynamics 365 Business Central, right, for example? So, yeah, you're right. You're right. The, the people that have learned the hard way, for sure, know to ask that question first. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah I mean, a lot of that's also coming from, like, um, having an internal team that built some custom solution, you know, and that person or people have moved on. And now they've got this inherited thing that... It's becoming um, outdated. It's not. It's not functional. And for them to move forward, they're going to have to start thinking about more of a like even like a, a more of a cloud-based system, something that they can kind of grow and scale with. Um, you know, on a on a simpler a simpler way. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, uh, another recent episode that we had was with the CTO of the Drupal Association and. Uh, one of the things that I found, you know, particularly interesting to to chat with someone in that role about uh, was, you know, at, at Drupal, it's open source like Magento, but they, uh, you know, have their own unique um, community and, and ecosystem. And they, uh, you know, in, in essence, uh, they have huge companies that are submitting to the core. Um, and and submitting modules and things. And so you get companies like Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson, competing companies, by the way, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, you know, okay, for-profit companies that are writing code that are paying, you know, their own developers uh, to sit there and write code that they're giving up to the community and that, that they're publishing for everyone to, to use uh, in the world that is going to leverage Drupal as a content management system. And the takeaway from that is that for them, to build it all themselves, maintain it all themselves, and you know, keep iterating on it and making it better and better all by themselves is expensive, time-consuming, unwieldy, uh, in so many cases that you know there's a benefit to you know to efforts to do things um, on a broader scale for a wider range of use case and a wider range of users, um, and I think that that's something that we continue to see in the market that um, it's not always just about that one user. It's, you know, how how can we solve bigger problems than that as a collective? And, um, you know, and how does that come back to all of us as a community? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, uh, 
you know, before we start to wrap up for the day, I usually I ask at the beginning of these episodes about how the companies got their names. And, you know, I was too busy trying to think about how to pronounce Optisy, <laughs> um, you know, because I didn't want to fudge that. Uh, I, Wayne, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Is there a company story there that you're aware of? Uh, my understanding is it's uh, viewing like a, like seeing the fantasy. So just something you know with the optics and to just kind of putting those two words together, op, like optical and fantasy becoming optasy. <laughs> I love it. That's actually really cool. See, this is why we ask. And it's kind of it's kind of like the you know it's not as complex as like say Homer Simpson and the light bulb. You know, coming out with the. Uh, <laughs> you guys remember that episode? <laughs> I do indeed. Um, yeah, and Dave, the name of the company, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, eBridge connections. I can see e like you know electronic like email and so on, and and bridging and connecting data. Um, you know, so I imagine that that was pretty natural. That's some Absolutely. names got thrown around, and that's what Absolutely. stuck. Yeah, yeah. Our our um, our founder and and CEO uh, originally started the company in '93. And it was called EDI Bridge. So that was EDI was our traditional. Um, that's what we did. We big box retailers, people that were companies that were selling into uh, the Lowe's and the Home Depots of the world. They were required to do EDI, and so we had uh, the company was called EDI Bridge, and it was basically taking uh, EDI documents uh, into and out of accounting packages, and then over time it moved to it was eBridge Software. And um, uh, then I think it was probably 10 years ago or so, nine or 10 years ago, it moved to eBridge Connections. And the reason for that was we had branched from EDI integration into e-commerce, into Salesforce.com integration, into Microsoft CRM integration. And, and our platform is really, uh, it's a universal platform, right? So we take data from many sources, we normalize it, and we push it into over 40 accounting packages. So there's there's quite a um, a host of connections, you could say. And so eBridge Connections was sort of the next evolvement of our platform. And uh, it's a SaaS play and it just made sense. So it's been fun to watch that and to be involved in the, the different names and to just see it evolve over time with uh, how the marketplace has evolved too and how the needs have evolved. So... Yeah, yeah, but I think I, the old the old backpack software package. So it's been growing for a number of years. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was one of the first employees at JetRails that didn't also get an eBound host email account uh, because that company is around since two thousand, and uh, yeah. that's how they started. Um, you know, JetRails started off as a product and then became a brand and became you know really what what the company chose to lead with as mission critical web hosting and you know really that that you know uh, that white glove touch um yeah. to tailoring and optimizing and configuring and monitoring and managing and maintaining and you know and, and really being a much more proactive service and you know so i i think we're still in the process of uh of working through some of that um legacy and branding but sometimes you have to do it <laughs> Yeah, you know that uh, yeah. your company has changed too significantly to not to take a bold move like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, really interesting. So before we wrap, um, guys, any final thoughts? Anything new coming down the pike? Any words of wisdom? Uh, you know, it's obviously a particularly unique year in the market and in the world. Um, you know, any <laughs> anything we, we should all uh, leave this episode with? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, keep a you know a clear mind and just stay positive and stay pumped for the for the future, no matter what. That's 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 my that's my model right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can I can sort of um, you know I I I like that as well, uh, Wayne and Robert. I think that um, there's been a, a bunch of companies that have really spearheaded, like Shipper HQ. Uh, Karen comes to mind. Quentin over there. Um, the the sense of ownership and um, care, if you will, to take companies that were really struggling that uh, had to go from offline to online uh, and to just 
yeah. sort of make a mini movement to help these people was really cool to see. Uh, Jamerson is another one that comes to to mind. Um, uh, TJ there, sure. Uh, you know, just just helping out is is. Um, I think that's what we can do. It it it's uh, yeah. It's what we have it's what we have to do, right? And to stay positive, to really look at this as a as a spot. I think in the moment where we can really put our best foot forward, really help each other and um, really help move things forward. Right. And we all are running platforms here where we can do that, where we can help out. Right. So I I had one other thing I was hoping we could talk about. It It doesn't have to be long, the networking and the, you know, the trade shows. I mean, that's all gone. Right. I mean, Robert, I met you at Magento Imagine and then, you know, way back when, right. And I always looked forward to that. I'm a handshake guy. I'm a, I like meeting people. I like breaking bread and having a dinner or maybe a drink or something. And, uh, and that's gone. Right. And, and I was just curious what maybe you guys were doing to sort of, um, I guess, fill that void. Uh, I mean, for myself, I make sure I'm having calls like on a regular basis with uh, various yeah. partners. So I've definitely been growing the partner aspect of, of the business as well as doing, you know, the marketing side. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and actually I did have an occasional, uh, I did have one meet, <laughs> meet up in person with uh, one of the partners and it was uh, him and I both agreed. It was like the funnest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We hadn't had a, a lunch meeting in months and it was like, it was a real treat. You know, we did everything properly, but uh, yeah, it was really good to actually be able to do a sort of normal thing, but um, yeah. you almost yeah. you almost don't know what you have until it's gone, right? Like yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you're, you're, you're trying to prompt like, me to start singing, and if I have any subscribers, they will be gone so fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I I'm going to go backwards for a second because um, folks like like TJ uh, from Jamerson and Karen Baker over at Shipper HQ. Yeah. They keep the industry as honest as you can keep an industry that, uh, you know, they don't hold back too much. And I think we all need more of that, uh, yeah. more of those doses of reality and calls to action uh, as needed. And so I, I have a sincere appreciation. These are people that I look up to in the industry as well. Yeah. Uh, there's no shortage of people like that, um, which I think we can be proud of. So when offline to online was created that I I, I was one of the earlier members of the Slack group uh, yeah. that was formed to get industry folks together to help these businesses that needed to get online fast. But, uh, you know, before that project got wrapped up and, and shifted to other, uh, other similar groups that were getting together and things, it was, um, I want to say over a thousand, you know, of us in the industry and in, in one Slack group, just, uh, well, trying to do what we could do. Just trying to coordinate and help, eh? That's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty cool. It's, it's really great to see good come out of uh, difficult things, right? And and um, that that's just that the testament to this to this ecosystem for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's how the year has been going for me. That you know, every time I think that I should have more time on my hands because I'm not at trade shows and I miss them oh so much. Yeah, life stays busy that between Magenta one end of life and, um, you know, in web hosting, there was as demand went up for, uh, you know, for uh, e-commerce in general, we saw a lot of folks that weren't in scalable environments, even, you know, that hosting from big companies, but it wasn't meeting their particular needs or, you know, they, they had hosting that didn't have the right management for security and things. And, yeah. Uh, you know, going through all these things. And so it, because all these topics have been coming up, um, we've continued to stay, you know, as a company and, and me individually busier uh, than I might have anticipated. So every time I think I'm I'm going to uh, miss out and, and there have been various trade shows digitally that we've been able to, you know, attend. Um, I, I haven't been doing quite as many of those because literally I've been staying that busy. But then again, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I welcomed our second child this year. So, <laughs> yeah, so no, no rest for the weary. So I'll chalk up a little bit to that, that maybe this was a year where I was going to just be a, a little more tied up uh, in the first place. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I think we're actually going to be getting a, a new puppy very soon. So maybe even this weekend. So I'm going to be 
basically having to deal with another mouth to feed. <laughs> wow. And I think, I think that will help us, you know, with some of the, um, take the edge off a, a little bit, I guess, but uh, it's awesome. going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting once we I get back. Let's leave on this thought. 2020 doesn't need to be all about things that we can't do and we're not doing, but um, they're new adventures. So, you know, let's all go out and find those. Uh, hey, I, I figured out that kayaking and, and those types of activities have been, they've been missing in my life. I didn't even know. And, and I mean, my sons and I have been, and my daughter have been going out and it is like, it's fantastic. Like there's that I've said to my wife, there are things that are right in front of our eyes. Sometimes we're so busy. We just don't actually see them. And I, I have found one of the blessings from this time is that you actually had to stop and you'd had no choice but to look around and to see what's around you. And so I've discovered so many things that I just didn't really pay attention to in the past. So that's been a pretty wonderful thing. That's fantastic. I still think that you enjoy hanging out with me at trade shows more, but 100%. kayaking, I miss very, very close second. A hundred percent. I would put that pretty close to number one. I do miss that stuff. So there's, you know, a tweet and a retweet and connecting on LinkedIn or you know, maybe chatting through those types of platforms is not the same as actually meeting people in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. One day, one day we'll be back together. One day. Soon. Yeah. I look forward to it. Well, to yeah. our listeners, um, as always, thank you so much for tuning in for an episode of the podcast. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can follow us uh, on YouTube in order to uh, get notified about uh, new videos that, that post. And uh, follow us on social just as well. We're, we're, we uh, always post new episodes. Um, and as always, uh, you know, good luck out there. Happy selling. And we'll bring you more content soon. Thanks for listening to the JetRails podcast. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We also post full videos of most episodes on the JetRails YouTube and Facebook channels. You can find links at jetrails.com forward slash podcast. Have questions about an episode? Is there a topic you'd like us to cover in the future? We're at JetRails on LinkedIn and Twitter. Do you want to sponsor this podcast? Sorry, but we're committed to ad-free listening. We are, however, always looking for guests that our listeners will benefit from. And don't forget to like the podcast on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It's a small ask, but it's a big help. We appreciate it. And more importantly, we appreciate you.